0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 630 Chair. All right, Islanders and Maple Leafs, 43 seconds into the second period. And we got a fight. It is uh, Horvat, and I missed the Maple Leaf because he just got thrown to the ice. Now they're all tangled up. And his jersey's all bunched up. But it is the uh, Islanders leading the Maple Leafs 1-0 early in the second period. And the second period just starting in New York with the Rangers trailing the Avalanche 1-0. Benoit and uh, Horvat getting into the fight. Uh, after Benoit, oh, kind of got his knee out a little bit there on uh, Matthew Barzell. So that's why Horvat was upset. You can get in touch, the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063, River Cree Resort and Casino, excitement, bet on it. Same number for the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street and 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. Ah, it is time for Daily Face-Off's Frank Saravan. He's presented by Horse Racing Alberta. Racing returns on May 4th at Century Wild Racetrack and Casino. For more, go to thehorses.com. Frank, Reed in for Bob today. How are you doing?
1: Pretty good, Reed. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. I know we had a fun All-Star weekend. There are a lot of intriguing storylines with trades, post-All-Star break, all that kind of stuff. Uh, But I'll start with with the really serious story, the ongoing story that's probably going to be ongoing here for maybe a couple of years. Uh, the London police had had a news conference today about the five uh, former world junior team members charged with sexual assault. I'll, I'll just kind of leave it open-ended for you. If there's anything you heard from that today that struck you, or I'm sure you talked to the people in the legal field or from around the NHL. Just anything coming come out of this today that uh, that struck you, or is maybe something worth following here?
1: Yeah, I think what struck me, Reed, is that we didn't really learn a lot new today, and part of that is because the London Police Service said that they're not going to be revealing any details as to how they arrived at laying these charges, but we have no real narrative to go on in terms of, we know what the civil suit said, but it's clear that the civil suit that was ultimately settled is a bit different than this case here. I mean, I'll give you an example. In the civil suit, the alleged victim said that during the alleged assault, um, as many as eight team canada players were in the room well five players were charged today officially and formally and we don't have any details about the other three that you know essentially you have the london police service saying hey you know we we've filed all the charges that we believe we have grounds to." so there's still a lot that we don't know And really what today was, aside from the London Police Service essentially coming clean and without saying so, more or less saying that they should have probably found and or filed charges from their investigation that was prematurely closed in 2019, is that this is really the beginning of what is going to be a long and probably drawn out process. As you mentioned, talking to legal experts they're saying the earliest this case could possibly be heard is sometime in late 2025 and way more likely to be 2026 with the backlog of cases that's in Ontario. So, um, really we're kind of just at the very beginning of it. And, you know, I'll give you another example, really for the first time starting today is the London Police Service beginning to turn over evidence, which is known as disclosure. They must provide it from uh, the government to uh, the uh, five players and their attorneys who have been charged. And so that treasure trove of information, which includes text messages, videos, uh, all sorts of paperwork, is now just for the first time being passed along to uh, the five players who have been charged. And the next hearing date for this case is April 30th. So things do not move quickly. And in the meantime, these players remain on leave of absence from their NHL teams. Okay,
0: thanks for that, Frank. We appreciate it. On on a much uh, lighter note, to get back to stuff on the ice, I heard you with Bob... On Friday afternoon, I was driving from the station to Claire Drake Arena because I also did my show from there for the Bears and UBC. I I believe, jump in if I'm putting words in your mouth, I believe you gave a less-than-glowing review of the draft on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Once we got to the skills competition and the uh, all-star games, I guess we call them, on Saturday, uh, how did you think those went off?
1: Much improved. Uh, The skills competition, for sure, was worth the price of admission. Uh, It had pace. Players were competing aside from Nikita Kucherov. And (laughs) you got to see just a small taste of really what Connor McDavid can do. And I know that you guys in Edmonton see it on a nightly basis, but for everyone else to see him turn on the jets and the fastest skater and to go four for four and the accuracy shooting, incredibly impressive stuff. His transition work skating. He's just, He's the most highly evolved player of all time. And the fact that it was in his hometown, the fact that he helped put this together, there's a million bucks on the line. uh, I thought it really played pretty nicely.
0: I'll throw you a hypothetical that I threw out to the audience as well. If someone said to you, Frank, you have to watch one, but you can't watch both skills competition or the game
1: only the skills and and frankly like I I could make the argument that read the the whole all-star weekend should just be skills that no one really cares about the game I know there's some tradition involved that it's been played since the 1950s but for me I'm I'm actually kind of glad that we're getting a break, at least certainly next year, but maybe also in 2026 with the Olympics, that there won't be an all-star weekend next year because as good as this one was, I think everyone kind of recognizes what it is and what it isn't, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, I'm with you as well. I I would pick the skills uh, over over the game if I if I had to pick one. Now again, because I was going to the U of A on Friday, I didn't watch the skills, and I saw about half of the game on on Saturday. Frank Cervelli joining us tonight on Oilers Now. Reed Wilkinson for Bob Stoffer today. All right, uh, I the trades last week Lindholm and and Monahan. Um, it, it, like, is Gensel the next name out there that we should watch? I I, I don't know. What does uh, Frank Cervelli's big
1: board have? I think it's pretty premature still on Jake Gensel. I think the Penguins have a big decision to make, and I think they really owe it to their core that they've so heavily invested in that they've already traded their first-round pick for this year for Eric Car- Carlson to really see it through to as close to the March 8th deadline as you can. And I would say... Really, the next biggest name that I'm looking for on the board to potentially move is Chris Tanev from the Flames. They've done a lot of the heavy lifting so far. If you consider where Craig Conroy was when he took over in June, you know he's moved out Tyler Toffoli, Nikita Zadarov, now Elias Lindholm. Chris Tanev certainly feels like he's the next guy, and I think it's it's not just from the interest that's been there, but also from. Really, an injury and asset protection standpoint. I think the last thing you want to do is have it drag on. And given how tough Tanev plays, it feels like he's one of those guys that's like going down the tunnel every other game for some kind of you know bump or bruise. And the last thing you want is to be left holding the bag for a guy that you're probably pretty unlikely to resign. Okay,
0: uh, good insight there to watch.
1: Like, what do you think of this
0: Vancouver Edmonton? winnipeg i mean last what six weeks Western eight, Canadian eight, eight weeks yeah i mean did I, I thought vancouver would be a playoff team i didn't think they'd be that good i i totally didn't know which way winnipeg was going to go even though they still had some good players edmonton probably has the record i thought they might have around this time just didn't know it would be this path to get there <laughs> what, what's your overall of these three teams
1: yeah it's i think winnipeg's the biggest surprise for me i mean did I think Vancouver would be leading or tied for the conference lead at, at, um, at all-star break. No, I didn't, but I was really firmly in the camp of the Canucks being vastly improved and, and certainly a playoff team. So it's the jets. I think that they were teetering on that edge last year and there were so many unknowns heading into the season. Hellebach and Shifley re-signing right before the season started was humongous that changed everything for them. I think it totally took all the drama that might've gone into the season and threw it out the window and they've defended so incredibly well. I mean, if you look at their goals against their offense has real, you know, compared to other teams in the West really struggled to score, but it's the way they defend as a team that really sets them up and, now both these teams, Vancouver and Winnipeg make massive ad- additions down the middle of the ice. Um, Monahan, not nearly as flashy as Lindholm and probably not as impactful, but you know, today on our daily Faceoff live show, we, we broke down exactly why Sean Monahan is going to help a jets power play. That's really struggled this year. And yeah, there have been stretches where they've missed, um, Kyle Connor and they've missed Shifley, but, Adding Sean Monahan to the bumper spot on that power play is going to be huge. And the way that he finds soft areas of the ice, it's almost like you couldn't draw up a better fit for the Jets. And I think the exciting part with Lindholm is he's proven year in and year out that when you put him with really talented players, That he can put up big numbers and think back to a few years ago, 42 goals, 82 points with the Calgary flames playing alongside Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau. If you put him with players of that same caliber in van, which he's been missing in Calgary, then you could see him quite easily get back to that type of production. So where does that leave the Oilers? I think one of the real key questions to ask now, and I've been saying all year long this is a burn the boats type year for Edmonton, but I have to wonder looking at this market at least through the prism that I can see it with, which is through my trade targets board and the guys that are left, I wonder how aggressive Edmonton is going to be. Yeah, they've got this 16-game winning streak, but how many real difference makers are out there for you to really go out and think outside the box and spend a lot on maybe they can dig up some new ground. But uh, you know, I think there's some nice sort of under the radar potential guys to add, but nothing crazy that you'd be like, oh, we got to give up the sun, the moon, and the stars for this guy.
0: Yeah, it, it, that's an interesting perspective. And like, I, I know I get asked a lot about goaltending, and if someone says to me, should the Oilers get a goaltender or need a goaltender, I say yes if. It's an obvious upgrade on Pickard or potentially Campbell or Rod- Rodriguez if you're bringing up a third goaltender for the playoffs, right? I, I mean, they're so.
1: Let me throw this at you because uh, a, a loyal Oilers now listen- listener, his name is Ali. He sends me all these direct messages. Huge Oilers fan, living in Calgary. Okay. And he sent me one today that caught my eye. He said, "The Oilers play 37 times in the next 74 days to finish the season. They have 16 games before the trade deadline." If they can get Calvin Pickard in seven or eight of those games before the deadline, that'll give you your answer one way or the not- another as to whether they need to do something.
0: I don't think they'll play him that off uh, often. Neither do first I. First of all, but... which maybe ruins the whole premise of that argument. I could see him playing four or five, perhaps. Like I mean, there are some back-to-backs. There's a home. Would you feel comfortable with that? Him playing four or five games? Absolutely.
1: No, would you? Oh. Feel, yeah, would you feel comfortable just having that be the sample size to really help base your decision on? Like it, there really isn't a ton to go on. The only,
0: I guess, advantage, and I've said this when Rob and I talk after games, the only advantage with Pickard is that he has played over hundred NHL games. You like he's he's been around. He knows the drill but the disadvantage is he's kind of a career number 3 except for that one year in Colorado um, which was a really bad team we should also add if we're giving all the information I, again i just think wh- what are you willing to give up for another version of calvin pickard like is it really worth it to get a goaltender if that's the best you're going to get just for the I, sake of i
1: think they could do better than that and i and i think historically with the market it would indicate that you don't really need to do you don't really need to spend a lot to get someone that could be impactful i guess the better question to ask is how does jack campbell factor into all of this if at all if calvin picker falters which i think you you know the fact of the matter is if you're going to him at any point in the playoffs you're probably up the creek without a paddle anyway mm-hmm. but if that's the case and he falters Then you always have Jack Campbell sitting there waiting. Maybe that's just enough.
0: Well, and that's what I was wondering too. If if you just say okay, you know where Campbell gets a shot. I mean, there's if you're going down your goaltending depth chart, there's all. Let's face it, Frank. Like hindsight is now like yeah, Vegas was brilliant and Hill was brilliant. Like who thought that he was going to do that when he went in for Braswell? Right so sometimes you just he wasn't have to even have even to... the
1: guy that's as you right. mentioned, started the playoffs. So really the equation I think if we can boil it down to its most simple term is this. Does Pickard plus Campbell equal number 2 comfort in your mind?
0: I'm still undecided, but I think I'm getting where I might again I might be at the point where I'm leaning yes. Maybe, maybe now maybe I'm not as Confident as you are that they can trade for an obvious upgrade, but I, I trust what you're saying too about what you're seeing from the market. Uh,
1: that's I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate for argument's sake. My answer is no. I'm not betting a 97 and 29 playoff run potentially on that. No, um, well, and that's and that's fair enough. And even if it means I got to give up a third round pick in order to do it.
0: So okay, like, well, since we're going down this road though, but. I mean, maybe you don't want to give me a name, but is there is there a goalie that you could actually... I mean, are we still talking about a Merzlikens-type caliber goalie or, or what?
1: No, and I don't think you want the contract or term. My And I, I don't know if he'd be willing to go because he holds all the cards, but just look back to the market for Marc-Andre Fleury going from Chicago to Minnesota a few years ago. He He only got a second then... He's played less, and his numbers are a little bit worse now. That's at least a legit legit well, number two.
0: That's a guy I would say absolutely you would have to bring in. Yes, if if okay. it's him, I, I yes, of I course. I think there's
1: a few guys like that that are available. Okay, well then you're then, that then might, yeah might help change your mind. No,
0: that's fair. And if you're telling me that's the caliber, then for sure I'd be more likely to pursue it. Maybe I was just a little more not skeptical, but. I'm perhaps I'm thinking it wasn't as likely they could get someone of that caliber because you have to get a team to retain somewhere in there, right?
1: Yeah, I think the part to be skeptical on would be would Mark Andre Fleury want to come to Edmonton? That's the question.
0: And be the backup slash save us if we need you type guy.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's the other part of it too. Like if he's if he's going to wave and go somewhere, I'm told that he wants to have. Some assurance that at some point he's going to have a chance to play. Okay, gotcha. And that's pretty hard to guarantee with Skinner the way he's played. I'd say almost well, impossible.
0: Well, exactly that—that that someone else would be the goaltender on the first day of the postseason besides Skinner. Okay. Um, well, I wanted to get to this earlier. Good. That was a fun discussion. Just quickly, the uh, the hype for you around the game tomorrow and the Oilers'
1: chance to tie the record. Oh, you mean the biggest game in Vegas this week? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It's look, it's hyped for all the right reasons. 16 game winning streak and holding it together on the other side of this break by week plus all star would be sort of the ultimate test to a record. And the Golden Knights have struggled. They've hit a wall really for the last while the injuries have popped up and they've been substantial, but it's not just about the standings that I think it matters. And it's not just about the record, like winning a game like Tuesday night in Vegas would go a long way toward the Oilers getting home ice in the first round. And that's really to even have that discussion on February 6th, where this team was at in November is it's it's bananas. So the fact that they've gotten to this point, winning twenty four of twenty seven, it's I don't think I've ever seen a run like this that I can remember in in my career covering the NHL. Frank, uh, I
0: kept you for a long time, yet I still wish we had more time. This was a pleasure. As always, uh, enjoy uh, being on with Bob on Friday, and I'll, I'll tell you now in advance, enjoy the Super Bowl, too.
1: The pleasure is mine. Reed, have a good night.
0: That is Daily Face-Off. Frank Saravelli, presented by Horse Racing Alberta. Racing returns on May 4th at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more, go to thehorses.com. Great segment with Frank, well, and with Mac T earlier, too. Colin Chalk from the Condors is still ahead. Read in for Bob on Oilers now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stauffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas. Aching after a long day, World of Spas offers tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas, Alberta's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. Dave, how are you doing?
1: I'm great. (laughs) I'm just thinking about uh, being in a spa and all happy. There you go.
0: Do you have to shovel when you get home? No, I
1: did that this morning.
0: I also shoveled this morning. I love that. Maybe it snowed a little bit more, but it shouldn't be too bad. Also, some guests on Oilers now receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite place to celebrate your special occasion. Try a Wagyu steak today. Oilers Golden Knights on this station tomorrow. Oilers now. Bob will be back. It's at 5. I'll have the face-off show at 6.30. The game will be at 8. I can also tell you cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin is well known for their top-shelf service department. They don't forget about you after you purchase a vehicle. Call Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and let the team at Brent Ridge Ford make you a repeat customer. 780 352-6048, 352 6048, your Ford Truck Authority on the Auto Mile in. Witasquin. There you go. Still 2-1 for the Islanders. Well, not still 2-1. They're still ahead by a goal. Uh, I think it was 1-0 last I told you. 2-1 for the Islanders leading Toronto. Seven forty-five left in the second period. The other game, same part of the second period. Avalanche up 1-0 on the Rangers. Nathan McKinnon has his 32nd of the season. Okay, we got the news. We got the weather. And then we got the farm report with Colin Chalk from the Bakersfield Condors.